Good afternoon and welcome to the Middle East Forum's webinar and podcast series, Israel Insider, each week at 3 p.m. Eastern. I'm Stacey Roman and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Mr. Alex Selsky, advisor to the Middle East Forum's Israel Victory Project, join us today to update us on the events going on in Israel. Mr. Selsky will speak for 15 minutes and then open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And now I will turn the discussion over to Mr. Alex Selsky. Thank you, Stacy. Good evening from Jerusalem is really time and good afternoon to all our guests in the United States and all over the world. Well, this week in Israel is definitely not a boring one and not the regular one. The week just started very uh, promising, actually, when we were speaking about what we will be speaking about at the end of the last week. And we knew about the upcoming summit in the Negev, in which uh, many foreign ministers from the Middle Eastern Arabic countries, together with uh, American Foreign Secretary and the Israeli uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs should come together and, and meet in an historic summit. Uh, we didn't know that it will be uh, a week of uh, such uh, a wave of terror attacks, even though we, we had already the first terrorist attack in Beersheba last week, but we didn't imagine that it will be followed by such a murderous attacks in Hedera and yesterday in Bnei Brak and another also accident in the Machnei uh, the market in Jerusalem, which is only 10 minutes walk from where am I sitting now? So uh, I think that this week shows, you know, the paradox uh, this cap Israel um, has today you know on one hand the, the historic rise of the international status on the international arena with this summit uh, with uh, you know uh, the new heights of Abraham Accords and Israel definitely shows that he, it's a definitely regional superpower, but even a world superpower after, you know, uh, the Prime Minister Naftali Bennett succeeds to be uh, a moderator between Russia and Ukraine, even though it's not between Russia and Ukraine, it's actually between Russia and the West, because as we know, all the uh, negotiations were coordinated with uh, Germans and the rest of the Europeans and the United States of America. So we actually understand that the Israeli prime minister became kind of the maybe even only representative of the Western world, but yet being someone who Russian president can speak to. And everybody sees that even if, you know, um, Israeli Prime Minister will not be the one that will take uh, the uh, credit and, you know, and will be the one to bring the final result of the agreement, but definitely everybody sees in the whole world that in such a, a critical time, in such a big international crisis, Israel plays a very, very important role. It, 
definitely central role even, and uh, we understand that within the agreement, which we understand is somehow, uh, uh, you know, is, uh, is, is, is coming up, Israel will be one of the countries that will provide guarantees to Ukraine for, uh, for security. So on one hand, we see this, you know, definitely very high status of Israel in the international arena. But on the other hand, we see how fragile is uh, the government in Israel, uh, first of all, because um, these terroristic attacks. Uh, we see, uh, and these attacks, you know, definitely uh, are a threat for the coalition, which is, as you all know, historic uh, coalition that has a Arab um, party within the coalition, which mostly represents the Bedouins from the Negev. And the first terror attack in Beersheba last week was uh, executed by a Bedouin from the Negev. So we definitely understand that Ram Party today has a very, very crucial, you know, uh, exam for their future cooperation within uh, the coalition. And, and, and generally, uh, it's, it's huge, you know, exam um, for for future cooperation between you know Arab population and 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 Israeli, um, so this coalition is now in in, in a very very dramatic uh, stage. Now, additional to that, we see a a huge campaign, also historic campaign in its uh, effect and in its. Um, um, power by Yesha Council, the Council of the Jewish Settlers of Judea and Samaria, which um, was started in the beginning of this week, calling uh, to toddle the government, not less. Why? Because they see uh, the actual freeze of the um, uh, of uh, the, the, the freeze of the construction of uh, in Israel in Israeli Jewish settlements within Judea and Samaria and the uh, you know the, the the ironic and the absurd of the situation is that the today's prime minister is the former CEO of the Yesha Council and the first prime minister to 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 have a yarmulke on his head to have a kippah on his head to be a religious one to be the one that was always representing the Yesha Council and the voters from uh, Judea and Samaria in the Knesset, and they are those that that attack him and call to toddle his government. They never did it to Netanyahu, even in the days when he freezed the um, construction of the settlements. I remind you, in 2010, uh, under Obama administration, yes. So this is definitely a very, very big threat uh, for the government from the the base uh, of uh, the prime minister. Um, uh, now here we must say that you know something also that is also historic that uh, you know the hero that yesterday uh, saved people's lives in the attack uh, in Bnebrak was an Arab an Arab, Christian Arab, from a big Israeli city, Nofagalil, um, the biggest uh, Jewish city in uh, Galilee. 
uh, who was uh, in a special unit of the police who arrived immediately to the scene and he was the one that that killed the terrorist and and paid uh, his life he died just just uh, soon after in the hospital but after that you know we we see that the arab population and 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 yes we divide the christian arab population from the muslim arab population and christians and as Jews, you know, they've never been uh, involved in uh, terror acts, but, but yet, you know, we, we were always, you know, kind of a generalizing, you know, we were calling in, 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 in Hebrew, we say, you know, we call it Arabic terror, now you cannot today, you know, say, Arabic terror, when one of the real heroes that, killed the terrorist yesterday was was an Arab, Arab that apparently is a very big symbol of uh, integration of the uh, Christian Arabic population within the overall Jewish, uh, the society, Jewish state. And, and, and also, again, you know, when we see that all that happens, exactly when the foreign ministers of, uh, you know, Morocco and United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, you know, they, they, they are in Israel and all of them condemn this terrorist act. So we understand that we, we, we know more in a conflict with Arabs. We, we, we are in a conflict with uh, Islamists. We are in a conflict, you know, in a bigger scale with Iran. But in, when we speak about the Palestinian issue, we understand that this is not issue of you know Israel and Arabs. This is issue of Israel and the Palestinian terror organizations. Now you can, you know, uh, count in the PLO. It depends, you know, on your opinion. I think definitely that you know until the PLO is teaching um, uh, and 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 has propaganda against Israel as the very idea of a Jewish state for me. And I think for many Israelis, you know, definitely PLO can, can be listed in terror organization or at least an organization that supports terror. We still have them money going to, uh, to families that, uh, that kill Jews. So having all that, it's a very new situation for Israel uh, concerning who is the enemy and and, and, and the enemies is much more complex than ever. Now, what is even more complex in this situation that more and more we see that Muslim Arabs within Israel are more and more engaged to these terror attacks by Hamas, by Daesh, by ISIS. And the uh, terrorists that executed the terroristic attacks in Hadera and Beersheba were ISIS former and apparently current ISIS activists. And then we saw that Hamas openly, openly uh, uh, took credit and said, you know, we work to engage Arabs, Muslim Arabs uh, primarily within Israel uh, for our struggle. So on one hand, we have, you know, less enemies uh, around us, but we see that more and more uh, enemies uh, succeed to engage the 
Arabs and Muslims within Israel, the same people that you know that go to parks and, and works in restaurants and, you know, and are around us. And this is much more complex. And here in Israel, more and more voices speak about, you know, that uh, Shin Bet Shabak um, has to uh, be much more active with all its technological capabilities within Israel, within um, this population of potential ISIS or Hamas uh, activists. And today, Prime Minister Bennett already said that, yes, we will, we will uh, instruct, I instructed Shabak um, uh, Bet to, to uh, reach all those who we know have uh, any kind of uh, a connection to ISIS or to uh, Hamas within Israel. And even if we must um, uh, arrest them uh, in order to prevent their activity, we will do that. So we will see more and more activity of army and police and Shimbet within Israeli Arabs. This is also, uh, you know, new, and we really hope it will it will it will work. Um, very interestingly, also uh, we see that uh, Abu Mazen condemned this terror attacks, and this is, uh, uh, you know, I I think that he understands that he you know he he must distinguish himself. I have another few minutes, so I will just run into you know other very uh, important. Uh, issues, well, uh, you know, as everything in Israel is about politics. So, you know, to the last night, you know, Netanyahu had a meeting in the Knesset with a few, uh, he called to a meeting with a few um, senior Likud members in the Knesset. So already, you know, all the uh, anti-Netanyahu politicians within the coalition told that, you know, he tries to you know, leverage and, and, and use this, uh, you know, tragic moment to, you know, to uh, toddle the government. But then many people say, you know, if he would like to do some secret, uh, you know, meeting, he would never do that in the Knesset where you can see officially who who is in and who is out. So, you know, apparently the whole situation is politically used by both sides. Uh, now, if all that was not, to you, so let's just recall that we have COVID coming back and some of the restrictions come back, even though we see that the new version is, you know, is not so dangerous. It looks like it's something that we had in, in the previous wave like Omicron. And many people say that apparently if the things will go this way, so we will have all the restrictions off within two, three months. And uh, definitely we're still within the crisis uh, of uh, the war in Ukraine, uh, where Israel absorbs big uh, numbers of uh, new immigrants, Olim, repatriates uh, from uh, Ukraine and from Russia, and from Russia, people run from Russia as well. And definitely also refugees who we also uh, absorb. And also uh, just, Half an hour before we started this webinar, uh, Noam Shalit, the father of uh, Gilad Shalit, uh, if you remember the soldier that was uh, in um, Hamas prison for five years and was uh, uh, released by Netanyahu in 2011, uh, his father 
who is uh, who was the symbol of uh, of the fight for his son's release died uh, today from uh, uh, from a disease which is also kind of you know end of an era because he was really a, a symbol of of uh, of Israeli society fighting for for his child and for the child of all of us. Uh, so this is uh, this week, uh, very uh, briefly and very, very, very outstanding and, and not definitely boring one. Okay, so now I will take your questions or, or Stacy, you you taking the questions who? Yeah, I'll ask them. Oh, okay. Uh, unless you would prefer to just go through them, uh, no, but it's usually, okay. So the first no one is from an anonymous attendee. I applaud Israel for giving help to the Ukrainians, but do you believe that it is a good and proper wise action if Israel takes a non, in non-Jewish Ukrainians as citizens of this country? Nobody speaks about taking non-Jewish Ukrainians as citizens. Uh, what we speak about and the whole policy at the moment is uh, to absorb non-Jewish, meaning those who are not eligible by the law of return, because as you, you all may know that Israeli law of return provides the right of uh, to receive Israeli citizenship for uh, people who are until third generation of Jews, meaning if, if there is a Jew whose mother is a Jew, so until his grandchild and his spouse, yeah, they are eligible by a law of return. So this is not a question. All those who are eligible under law of return are not Ukrainians, non-Jewish by the definition of the Israeli law. Now, all those who are not eligible by the law of return, we don't speak about providing citizenship for them. The policy is that we absorb them and provide them a shelter until the war is over, until they can you know, proceed to another place or go back to Ukraine. But no, Israel is a small nation state of a nation that cannot afford um, fortunately and unfortunately cannot afford to take uh, non-Jewish refugees in big amounts. We definitely, you know, can be in a very big humanitarian crisis, which is this war. We can definitely think about, you know, some small amount of uh, people who will really want to help. Maybe, you know, those who, um, you know, have, you know, we sometimes have people who have relatives in Israel, but they're not eligible by law of return. So maybe those from especially, you know, places that aren't, you know, humanitarian crisis, we can take, but definitely not big amounts. So no, we, we don't speak about that. Thank you. So you were speaking of the Yesha Council and uh, how, how they seem to be attacking Bennett. David Levinas, uh, could this be because they don't trust him due to his coalition partners? No, I think they just look at the results. You know, they 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 don't they they measure him by results, and if they see that he you know doesn't stand the international pressure of uh, the today's White House, which uh, tries you know uh, so far to appease the Palestinians and demands from the Israeli government to approve uh, construction within the sea. 
areas even which are by the way even by the Oslo courts are under Israeli total control and uh, as uh, you know I think that everybody in Israel even the left wingers understand that construction and seize even against Oslo but you know on the other hand we see that Gantz um, presumably with some kind of you know um, coordination with the prime minister, but they play a good cup and bad cup. We can see, you know, Gantz, the minister of defense, is kind of a good cup with the Palestinians. He meets Abu Mazen, he provides the the uh, approval to build within the sea these thousand uh, homes. And on the other hand, we see Bennett and um, Shaket say we will never meet Abu Mazen, you know, he's not legitimate and, you know, we will never promote Palestinian states. So, but, you know, after all, the Yesha Council look at this theater and, and, just, and just measure it by the results. Do you build for Jews? Will you build for Palestinians, do you build enough for Jews or not? And if they see that it's not, it doesn't matter for them. Does the prime minister, you know, answer for a name Bennett or Netanyahu or whoever? And that's why they attack him because, but yes, you're right that they expected from him that it will be different. And yes, they say, listen, you told us that you will take the Arab party and you will have this coalition and it will be not less uh, right-wing, you know, not less promoting the settlements than the previous. And you criticize Netanyahu for, you know, uh, that he was not right-wing enough to so show results. You already, what, eight months in office, we didn't see results. So go home. That's it. Thank you. Lynn gets asked, uh, or states, I read that the B'nai Brak terrorists entered Israel through a broken fence in North Samaria. Has this been fixed? And what steps are being taken to prevent further terrorist attacks? There are a few, um, there are a few places actually within the fence uh, where people uh, may, uh, if they really try, to walk through. Um, if you ask me how it can happen, it's a very good question. <laughs> I think it must be fixed immediately and, and you know, in, a, in any in, at any terms. Uh, I'm sure, you know, now uh, I hope that now it will be definitely fixed. Uh, when it will be fixed, you know, I'm not a politician. In, 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 in a way that I cannot uh, promise something that I will not do. So when it will happen, I will report to you. At the moment, unfortunately, I don't think that I'm capable to tell you that all the possible, all the places where the crossing is possible were, you know, closed. Because we know that, you know, we're speaking about Northern uh, 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 Samaria. I can tell you that in the, in the southern part of Judea, there are places where crossing is even simpler. So there are few places that must be fixed immediately. So JLS, what are your thoughts on a recently retired general statement that Israel is losing control of the Negev and 
Galilee, uh, and that there is a threat of a large Arab attack from within Israel using weapons stolen from IDF bases. Yes, it's a very big threat. And uh, as I told you, uh, we all know the problem of uh, Bedouins and the Negev. I just uh, wrote another uh, op-ed just today, oops, this morning. Can you see me? No, not well enough. Because just oh, another, we can. Yeah, I think yeah? you auto-corrected. Just because I didn't know that it's on Shabbat clock this uh this one so uh, i can fix it but it will take a few seconds anyway so yes we know the problem uh, with bearings in the negative that uh, they expand and the area of the land that they claim uh, just you know goes bigger and bigger and israel doesn't solve this problem because of let's call it by its name because of the fear of uh, uh you know doing it by force and i just wrote an op-ed today after, you know, after yesterday attack. And I told that one of the things we must do is just take, uh, you know, a very strong, uh, uh, you know, we, we must by force solve this problem of, of, of stopping the expansion of Bedouins by any means. Now, Galilee, it's a very big problem. You know, two thirds of uh, the Galilee uh, inhabitant citizens are Arabs. Uh, Arabs, Muslims, and Arabs, uh, Christians, and uh, it's a, it's a, it's a major it's a major uh, challenge. Yes, we definitely see, as I told within you know my previous uh, you know the first time lecture, the first part lecture that yes we saw that in the uh, uh, in the operation a year ago in Gaza uh, where we saw that Arabs within mixed cities in Ramle and Akko, uh, less in Yaffa, but also um, just, yeah, we, we saw these uprising, which are very, very dangerous. And we saw that uh, Hamas saw this potential and started to organizingly, you know, started organized activity to engage them openly, you know, not even secretly. So that's why today in Israel more and more and um, uh, we see the decision uh, is in process to let Shabak Shinbet to uh, uh, to use all its technological capabilities and they're much stronger than police ones because police is much less you know police is not it's its major uh, goal is not fighting terror so they the technological possibilities of police are much less. Shabak can do much more to capture and stop these people. So we we need it now. In the beginning, some left um, Jewish parties said that you know we cannot let Shabak to go into you know uh, Arab Israeli Arab cities because we cannot let Shabak you know to. Uh, to uh, to to use you know uh, to have intelligence uh, to go after Israeli citizens, but then Ram actually the Arab uh, the Arab parties they said no 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 listen it's okay we want to be secured more than you we want Shabak to get in the villages and to help collect the weapons uh, because 
there was huge amount of weapons, uh, primarily within Bedouin sector, but also in the Galil and also within the you know the line of uh, of of Arabic big villages on the line between the Mediterranean, you know, uh, shore and and the and Samaria, which we call the Triangle. Okay, and uh, and to to get in there and to take these weapons and use any means. So yes, we will see that more and more, and we see that thanks to uh, Arabic parties within the coalition, it's much easier now to make more to collect these weapons and to and to reach more results for collecting these weapons and fight the uh, the very tragic violence within uh, Arabic uh, society, which, by the way, we must understand, suffers from this violence first and foremost more than Jews. Thank you so much for that explanation. Uh, David Narrett asks, um, in regards to the, the Negev summit, it seems every time for many years there is an upsurge in terrorism when peace prospects rise. Do you think this very recent wave is initiated by any larger political purpose? No, I don't know. We don't have enough information if this was uh, initiated in purpose, but, uh, you know, always, that's also, I just wrote in the open that I wrote today, you know, always when we see uh, a moderate force raises its head, Always we see, you know, at the opposite side, uh, the extreme forces who don't want the moderate to be, uh, to, to, to see this moderate process, to see the normalization, because the negative summit was one of the highlight moments of the normalization. So the Palestinians, and definitely the extreme Palestinians, they don't want to see this normalization and they definitely don't want to see this normalization without them. Because what the Arab states say, they say, listen, we, we want to cooperate with Israel without the Palestinian issue. We don't care for the Palestinian issue. That's what they say almost openly. Okay, because think of it, the foreign ministers that came to meet the Israeli foreign minister, they didn't go to see Abu Mazen. Okay, so they sent the, uh, uh, the um, King Hussein of Jordan to meet Abu Mazen to calm him down, actually. So more we will see these uh, forces, moderate forces within the Arab world, more we will see the extremes also raise their head. Uh, if this is uh, organized, well, definitely, yes, we see that, just we know that because Hamas say, and takes credit. Part of it definitely is organized. And even those who are not organized, I think it's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of a continuation of the organized um, effort. So yes, definitely. I, after all, I think the answer is definitely more yes than no. All right, thank you so much. Uh, we've come to the close of our webinar and podcast. Ashley, thank, er, sorry, Alex, thank you again for taking time to update us this week. Thank you, thank you for everybody. Bye. Uh, for our viewers and listeners, please join us Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern for a webinar with Jacques Naraya discussing Lebanon in crisis, no end in sight. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day.